On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. In a special duel crossover episode, Mike Blanchard and I talked about Daryl Hall and John Oates' H2O album and its anniversary. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hi, this is Matt Hill, the voice of Captain N, the Game Master, and you are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. You're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Unleash the geek in you. We are the world. We are the children. Get through and make a better day, just you and me. This is GeekCast Radio. I am, of course, TFG on Mike, and joining me is Jesse W. Jackson from Set Lusting Bruce. Today, our two podcasts are crossing over to celebrate the upcoming 40th anniversary of Daryl Hall and John Oates' album, H2O. It was released October 4th, 1982. But before we get to all that, hi, Jesse, how are you? I am great. I am so excited that we are getting to do a duo podcast talking about a duo's album. So uh, that title, H2O. So yes, this will be a lot of fun. I'm excited that we're getting to um, ride in each other's car, so to speak. Yeah, there you go. And of course, you know, we can always tie in that, that, that another 80s icon if we wanted to do M2J, it would be Michael J. Oops. Nope. Yeah. Nope. nope, That doesn't work. Nope. That's okay. (laughs) There's no thriller in that. Yeah. (laughs) So I have here four or five different like bullet point things that we're going to go through in order to celebrate the history of this album. And first up is the brief history from each of us. And I will let you go first, sir. What is your history with H2O? So I remember it coming out and Mm -hmm. especially the uh, river hits. Uh, This would have been when I was dating Linda uh, we started okay. dating in February 1980. We got married in June of 1984. So this was one of those. I'm sure I bought the album on cassette because I do okay. not believe in 82 I was buying CDs at that time. Uh, so I remember really enjoying it. Uh, you know, during the middle 80s that – um, Daryl Hall and John Oates were having a string of very successful radio hits. Um, mm-hmm. I remember seeing them on, you know, MTV and videos, and I always remembered that they didn't want to be called Hall and Oates because it sounded like a guy's name, Holland Oates. Yeah. Uh, so I always, even now, 
you know, in 2022, 40 years later, I always make a point to say Daryl Hall and John Oates. So yeah, those are my quick memories. Um, I've been listening to it uh, over the, uh, you know, over the past couple, since we decided to do this, you know, I've been listening to it and kind of re-fell in love with the album. So I'm excited about talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, so I am slightly more, but still less of a spring chicken than you. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, compared to you, I'm probably a spring chicken because, and this will come up uh, two years from now when we talk about another Hollow Notes album that got released in the same month, but in a different year, because I completely forgot by 1984, you and Linda were already married. I had listened to another podcast. I don't know what it is about you, but you turned me on to some good music podcasts over the last couple of years. First up was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> First up was Terry Smith and a Music Talks podcast, and now you're like, oh, by the way, did you know that there's a sort of, it's not official, but I'm going to say official Hall & Oates podcast? I'm like, really? Seriously? And yes, Out of Touch, a Hall & Oates podcast with, oh, my br- help, my brain. Yeah, uh, uh, Mary Kay and Naomi, I think. I'm yeah, yes, like, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, and yeah. They, are, they are two childhood friends that um, – and they are self-proclaimed fans but are not experts. And so part of their podcast is exploring the uh, history of the two musicians and their music. And they are – and I – I was just on their podcast and I said, yep. you know, really, this is just the song is an excuse for you to catch up with each other and to have fun talking to your guests. And they said, we will raise our hand and go, yes, we may be guilty of that. But yes, they are. <laughs> they are both just really charming and a lot of fun to visit with. Yeah, absolutely. And I have I'm one of those types of people. If I find a podcast and it has more than three episodes they're as of this recording date. Well, your episode was episode 31. So, yeah, uh, they've released 31. I, like, I marathoned them all. I've listened yeah. to them all in like the span of a week and a half because I have no life. Okay. Uh, podcasting is my life, whether yes. it's listening or producing, etc. So, the whole point to bring this back around to the whole less of a spring chicken than you are is because. I don't remember this album in 1982 because I was only two years old. (laughs) (laughs) However, somewhere in 84 to 86, by the time I was four years old to the time I was six years old, that let's just say those were the two, the, the three years that they were like tip top of, of 80s pop. Yes. They really were. I mean, they are still, to this day, the best-selling and probably only duo that is still around kind of thing, even though they haven't actually done an album together since 2006. But anyway, so 84 to 86, I remember all of the, you know, between this and Rock and Soul Part 1, which was in 83, which is more of a compilation album, and then obviously Big Bam Boom in 84, which we'll talk about way, way, way later down the line. Mm-hmm. So between all of that, I remember being at my dad's place and 
You got to remember, folks who are listening to this, if you're younger than 35 years old or more, you won't know what I'm about to talk about. You may know. You can research it. My dad had one of those. You know, you see those. You see these images on 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 Facebook all the time of the the silver metal, you know, metal stereo cabinet with the with all the stereo components in it and everything else. Yeah. So he had one of those, obviously with a record player built into it, and he had the H two O album. And I don't know what it was about that album cover that I I just I'm like. What the hell is this? And obviously I didn't say hell between four and six years old, but like my reaction was, oh my God, what is, what is this? What, what's going? Because the front of the album is the two of them face to face. <laughs> and the back of the album is, uh, uh, I'm hoping it's one of their arms, but it's basically just, looks like an arm and it's just sweating or maybe it's one of their faces that is sweating. I, I don't know. I haven't really like done deep research into this, but so, you know, you can tell me, but, and, I, and I've seen other LPs before. I don't remember an LP like this one because the cover that I'm looking at that I sent you in, in mess in Facebook messenger is, yeah, the front of the cover is just the two of them staring at each other. Looks like their hair is touching together. Yes. And that's all it is. There's no name. There's no nothing. So if you go into a record store in 1982, 83, 84, 85, and you see this record, unless you already knew from Voices and Private Eyes and all that, unless and, and obviously before then, because they look, 70s Hall & Oates is nothing like what 80s Hall & Oates is. 80s Hall & Oates is a completely different animal from 70s Hall & Oates. So to me, it's like the 70s are like the before times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you look at this album, you're like, who the hell are those guys? You look at you flipping around the back cover, you see all this sweat. And then you see, I've never seen an album like this. Where their names and the name of the album is on the back. Yeah, I you know, there could be like there's the Beatles White album, there's other, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes albums get you know, artists get cute, right? They they wanna be cute. Um <laughs> obviously, you know, H two O, water, you know, so Hall mm-hmm. Oats, um, a play on that name. Uh, the back cover does look like it's either, you know, it could be their forearm, their, their, it could be their forehead. I, I you know, you don't yeah. know where it is, but obviously they are, um, it looks like they're sweating or someone took a water hose and sprayed that on them. We are not yeah. sure. Yes. Yeah, we are not sure. Yes. And the reason why I want to point this out about the whole front cover, back cover thing is because in their infinite wisdom, and I want to change this, but I I probably won't. But in their infinite wisdom, Wikipedia says that the back of the album is an alternative cover. And I'm like, no, it's not, you morons. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but yes, my history with this is listening to... Maneater is listening to Crime Pays, Art of Heartbreak, Open All Night, Family Man, Italian Girls, 
uh, I skipped around on this. I mean, I didn't skip around, but I remember, like, I I don't remember listening, like, sitting there as a kid listening to the whole album. I remember listening to these various tracks that I've just mentioned, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I remember listening to this as a record, not as a cassette. My cassette Hollow Notes years did not start until Rock and Soul Part One, and then Big Bam Boom. Yeah. So that's my history with the album. Now, we are going to try to go track by track. We're not going to spend a lot of time on each of these tracks. We're not looking for deep insights or anything like that. Uh, Eleven tracks on this album. I'm surprised that there hasn't been an expanded version or, like, almost every other one of their albums has... Like, Rock and Soul Part 1 is a perfect example. Like, it has an extended various... Like, it adds, like, two tracks to it. But it's, you know... But it was completely different. And, and yeah. So, Maneater... about New York City or maybe something else less wholesome I guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, so huge radio hit mm-hmm. um, it is it remained on the top spot for four weeks uh, yep. it is the most successful um, single at that time uh, yep. You know, I, I remember hearing it a lot during the summer. I do remember the video with the cat and, uh, you know, that uh, with that whole that very poppy chorus. Oh, here she comes. Watch mm-hmm. out, boy. She'll chew you up. Oh, sure. He comes. is a really really it's a very poppy song and i do not mean that in a bad way it is Mm -hmm. a great radio hit yeah absolutely i love man eater uh obviously as a kid never knew what it actually meant but you know you know it it is what it is i love the lyrics i love the melody I, i think all of that is great I don't ever remember seeing the video because I don't, by the time I was watching music videos, Mm -hmm. it was past when that would be airing on MTV. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. Do, uh, have you seen it since? No. Okay. I'm not seeking out. (laughs) I I will probably after this, but yeah, no, I wasn't, uh, wasn't going to seek it out. Uh, and this is uh, the writers are Daryl, John, and, and Sarah Allen. You okay. know, The other thing I want to mention before we get too deep in the track by track is this is the album that Tom T-Bone Walk started on. This was his first album with them. 
and that kind of right that he is considered one of the key members of their band, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. He is – he – I don't want to say he's everything, but because, you know, you listen to Out of Touch and you listen to those ladies over there and they'll be like, oh, my God, G.E. Smith, oh, my God. Yeah. And, and But Tom was re- – and it's so weird to me because I, you know, normally will – Gravitate towards the drummer to this day. I mean, now I know what it, what what his name is, but I never knew until I started doing research what the drummer for the bands, you know, what the drummer's name was for this band. Yeah, but I've never been a rhythm guitar person or or any of that or bass it like bassists and thing. It's either lead guitar or drums. That's what I've always been a fan of, and it's nothing against the bass guitar or anything like that, but that's just always what I've known. Mm -hmm. And, oh, it was so heart-wrenching in 2010 when Tom passed. Yeah, one of those losses. Yeah, absolutely. Because he helped shape what they became in the 80s. And, you know... There's no denying that. And when Daryl started up live from Daryl's house and you saw Tom doing the stuff and doing the thing on that show, it's like, oh, man, after all these years, T-Bone still got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Then second track here is Crime Pays, written by the Hall Oates and Allen. listening to this album today i i realized that the first three tracks are okay man eater i don't want to say it's a banger but it's it it's one of those first those lead off tracks that basically hits a a ground rule you know kind of you know oh we're, we're gonna hit it over the just over the shortstop's head kind of hit and obviously it deserves all the fame that it has and everything else. I'm not saying it's it's a lower hit than what it was. I'm just saying that yeah. it's not at like normally most track ones are like like they just and this pulls you in, it does, but it, it it's a different style than a lot of the music today. And Crime Pace is the same way. It's more I don't want to say mellow, but yeah, it's it, it's kind of mellow with a deep hook in the middle. Okay. Um, yeah, I, this was okay. I, you know, I put down that it, you know, it wasn't, it didn't stand out to me. It mm-hmm. wasn't one of a song that I, you know, spoke to me anything, nothing specific mm-hmm. about the lyrics or the m- music. So, um, you know, I, I don't have much to share about crimes Bay. <laughs> yeah. I, the, I'm looking at the lyrics and I'm remembering the melody in my head and it's that it's the basically the last two lines of the first verse and then the second line or the first line of the second verse. 
I'm a nice guy and I try to wait and see if you'll get caught or go free. You stole my heart and left me blue. In the song, there's like this dip in the tone of it. And I just, I always, I always kind of dug that. Nice, I like that. Yeah. Up next, we have Art of Heartbreak. This is another one of the ones that that is is more. It's upbeat, but it's not. A, it's not as mellow as like some later tracks that we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like this one. It was very catchy. kind of back and forth about and there's a few songs of this where the um there's a lot of talk about breaking up and 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 having problems in relationships with this time i'm not sure what's going on with the guys as they uh you know write this but um you know you know, try to ignore the twisted side. We kiss, we hiss at the same time. That's, the, you know, you're you're having a little bit of mixed messages there with this one. Yeah, and both. So this song was written by Daryl Hall and both of the Allen sisters, Sarah and, and Jana. And okay. obviously this was at the time when Hall and, and Sarah Allen were together and in a relationship and... I'm not sure. I assume it's, okay. I mean, you've got one male writer and two female writers and it's the eighties. I assume mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe they needed to find lyrics to fit the hook or, or yeah. something like that. And as I'm reading through this, anticipating what she's aching for, I'm being edgy, leave her wanting more. Anyone might think we'd rather be alone. Yeah, she's been cut before by sharp things I've been saying so long. So, to me, this is more of... It's, it, the song is called The Art of Heartbreak. Yes. But it's more of like they're in a fight. Yeah. Like, it's one of those little... Pit, like, I, I'm going to ask you this, and, and, and if you want to answer, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. Yeah. When you and Linda were first together, did you all ever fight over whether somebody put the milk in the refrigerator the wrong way? Like those little tiny things that most couples today would just be like, yep, it's over. Bye. I don't love you anymore. Yeah. So there actually is, um, and not to get too deep for our audience, but um, one of the things we did very early in our marriage is we promised that we would not say, I told you so. And for example, okay. let's say you, uh, we're, 
we're going to go buy a new car. Okay. And then three months later, we're having trouble making the payment, just as an example. And Mm -hmm. one of us says, I knew we shouldn't have bought that car. Nope. Time out. The time to have said that is before we bought the car. Yep. Right? You you know, the Monday morning quarterback doesn't work. If you have a problem about us, oh, I know we shouldn't have gone to dinner that night, or I know we shouldn't, whatever it is, um, the time to speak up is before we make the decision, not afterwards. And we both agreed to that. Um, I think one of the ways we survived our marriage, uh, Mike, is that when we had Chris uh, back in 89, um, I was working nights. She was working days. So we only saw each other on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, a lot of people argue about a kid because, oh, that's how you change the diaper. I changed the diaper different. Why are you doing it wrong? We didn't see each other. And so like I, I remember her saying, oh, really? That's how you do it? Well, obviously it must be working because, you know, you've been doing this all week. So uh, that's it. But yes, we have had, um, I, you know, we have been married since 84 and there are still times when we both get wound up and we both have to stop. And like after an hour ago, I don't know why I was so upset about that. That was stupid. No, it, I, you know, this is, I was waving a red flag at you. I'm sorry. And, but yes, there are some times when, um, you, you end up arguing and you go, why the hell are we arguing about this? I don't really give a damn. Right. But you just, you get caught up into it. The other thing as I now have therapy, right? <laughs> it is, it that's, is. Easy. That's what podcasting is, right? <laughs> right. It's sometimes married people there. You can fight to win or you can fight to come up with a solution. And sometimes mm-hmm. people fight to win, not necessarily argue to come up with a compromise or a solution. So I think you are very spot on. That's what this, um, this song is about. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's whomever the the guy and the girl are in the song, in the story yeah. of the song. It's not them, like, you know, it's not one of them or the other of them overreacting yeah. to something that is so insignificant. If you're going to sit there and be married to each other for 40, 50, 60 yeah. years, then you need to have a backbone like we used to in the eighties and not saying not care, but like not let, Oh my God, you, you, you accidentally put the the sugar in the salt shaker. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's, it's those little tiny, like, okay, obviously something like, an affair or something major like that. I can understand. Right. Uh, But like, you know, something like if when Karen was still here, when she was still Mm -hmm. alive, if we are walking down the street and I, I, let's just say this, I don't remember this ever happening. Let's just say I saw some woman out of the corner of my eye and I just kind of like turned my head a half inch just to kind of like do a quick double take. Like Karen's not going to divorce me over that. Right. (laughs) 
At least I don't yeah. think. No, I don't remember exactly. that ever happening. You know, no. so that's yeah. So, all right, moving on. As I, like, I have not listened. So, I listen to Hall and Oates songs, but I listen to them as singles more than anything else. Right. I do not listen to whole albums of this of one of my. I'm just going to say my favorite '80s band. Right. Uh, you know, I, I just don't. I listen to the songs. So this is the first time since I was a child that I have listened to this album from cover to cover. Same and thing. And what I found out was the first three tracks, all great. They're all leading somewhere. And then all of a sudden, somebody like Michael Jordan or Dennis Rodman or whomever you want to say – comes in and steals your ball and takes you to one-on-one, which is easily one of the slowest and come-down songs on the album musically. Yeah. I have never liked this song. Which one? It's one on one. The one-on-one. next track. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to make sure. Yeah. It was a hit. <laughs> I understand it was a hit. I'm yeah. not denying that it wasn't a hit. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a hit. Absolutely. But I have never liked this song because it takes. So, as a perfect example, I, I can I can bring this up here. I asked my buddy Desmond Reddick, who does Dread Media. It's a it's a horror type podcast, but he also used to do a music podcast called Drop D. And okay. at one point, and I and I'm sure you know this. I'm sure Terry, if Terry's listening, Terry knows this. Hi, Terry. I'm sure if the gals over at Out of Touch are listening to this, they 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 know this too. But I asked him about usually on an album back then. When is the drop off? When is like, is it after track five? Usually there's one song that the record company is like, okay, the top, the first four tracks are going to be your singles. You usually sometimes. And then by five or six, it's like, oh, the album takes a turn or, oh, the album does this. So I asked him about this. And what he said was historically labels front end what they think are singles or hits means the weird experimental stuff tends to always be on side two or side B. Okay. Which is true. I mean, most of the, I mean, you know, you look at side A to this album and it's the first five tracks and two out of the first five are two of the singles. Yeah. You know, and I understand that, but listening to this album as a whole, one-on-one to me is that track that just, like we're going 75 miles an hour by the time we hit the end of Art of Heartbreak and then all of a sudden we come into a brick wall with one on one and it's like you better put those brakes on immediately and screech to a halt or else you're going to crash into the brick wall that's one on one See, I 
uh, I remember this in the summer, you know, that that season. So I love the song. It I was immediately happy to hear it again. And so this is I, I get how you feel that way, but I still love it. Yeah. I mean, I I like like if the if the song was anywhere else on the album it would be a better package for me. I don't okay. know where I could put it and okay. we could we we can discuss that later. We can discuss that in a few whatever. But as a 11 track album, I just like all you got to do is take one on one Move it from track four to track ten. So basically you move everything up. So Open All Night would be after Art of Heartbreak and then Family Man, Italian Girls, Guessing Games. Basically it's in between delayed reaction and at at, 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 ten, at tension. Okay. Because I feel like the first nine tracks minus – or the first eight tracks, I should say, minus one-on-one, they're all – up, I'm, okay, they're not all upbeat, but the music of them, the sounds, the the instrumentals, all of that is all upbeat stuff. The stories of the songs may be completely different, may not be whatever, but the way that one-on-one is, the way that that slow, melodic tone of that song is, I f- almost fell asleep listening to side A of this album earlier today. Oh, like, really? Yeah. <laughs> the song on its own, I like it. I do. If it's by itself, like like if I throw, not that I'm ever going to throw this into my into my uh, favorites playlist on Spotify, but yeah, I have an overall uh, playlist on Spotify called Faves. That in alphabetical order, it's all the artists and all the songs and all the albums that I absolutely love to listen to all the time. If I was to throw that in there and it came up in between God knows what and then whatever else after it. I'd be okay, but mm-hmm. as a package deal, one on one at track four is a deal breaker for okay. me for this album. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, all no, those no, people. That, yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> all right. Up next is the final track on side A. Open all night. Oh boy, I wonder what the heck they were talking about here. <laughs> so, um, I, first, I was very disappointed that it wasn't a cover of Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska song, Open All Night. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't think the timing works right. Uh, no. You know, uh, Nebraska uh, what came out in, I think, um, yeah, uh, in 1982, so I guess you know, maybe so could be. It is a, you know, his is more about a journey in a car. This one is 
basically someone is open for business um, and they are um, enjoying their freedom, I guess is a nice way to say it, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because this is a crossover, I'm going to say that normally over at GeekCast Radio, our show is explicit, and I may or may not tag it explicit on our end, but I know that your show is more of a family show, so we can kind of, you know, go there, but I don't think we need to go so far graphically. At least I I don't think we have so far. Yeah. Yeah. Nebraska was 82. Okay, so – which is funny because these albums were released right around the same time. Yeah, which is kind of funny. September 30th for Nebraska and October 4th for H2O, same year. Ah, interesting. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know how you spent your time. Too many people know you weren't alone. Your after hours mm-hmm. followed you home. Oh, I heard, he said. Yep. It was open all night. Uh, it is, um, she is, let's just say, friendly, right? <laughs> let's just say. Promiscuous. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 Promiscuous. Promiscuous is is the PG thirteen or PG yes. way of saying it. And I was actually. Have you ever seen the movie How High? Uh, I do not think so. Okay. So in two thousand one, there was a movie called How High with Method Man and Red Man okay. and a bunch of other people, and it's basically about them going to Harvard to get an education okay. instead of you know you know so. At one point or another, Red Man says to – no, Method Man says to Red Man. Three words. Stop, no, and go. And Red Man comes back. at He's like, most girls that I end up with, being with are like, oh, no, don't stop. You know, that kind of thing. And that's where this song <laughs> – like, yeah, she's not going to – she's not going to give – this is not um, – this is not uh, – that's a green light. This is not a red light district. Yes. Even though that's a whole it, – it kind of is a red light district. That's a whole other conversation. But – and the funny thing is, is I've always liked this song. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about this song. When I was a kid – and again, it's not the lyrics. I mean, yes – I like the lyrics. They're good. They're, they're, but it's the melody. It's it, it's the instruments. It's that side of it. Because Hall and Oates, Daryl Hall and John Oates, I got to start doing that more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were doing things in the 80s that other artists were not. Mm-hmm. You know, especially this, you know, at this time. Like I said, T Bone had just started doing stuff with them. And as we progress through 83, 84, 85, it's, you know, they were doing things. And it's that side of it that I love for this song so much is that the music of Open All Night, which is just alluring, let's say. (laughs) All right. And that's going to take us to... Track B, or side B, track one. I did not know this until Naomi and Mary Kay brought this up. Family Man is a cover, apparently. I've never known that. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm the you know. Hello. Yeah. First B side you, you ever did here was with me. It for, was. Yes. Yeah. So, like, but I've been a diehard Hollow Oats fan my entire life. I never knew Family Man was a cover. She Okay, that's great. See, very interesting lyrics, correct? Um, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Um, so I want to connect the Springsteen mm-hmm. song, One Step Up. Okay. The lyrics is, there's a girl across the bar. I get the message she's sending. Man, she ain't looking too married. And me, well, honey, I'm pretending. Last night, I dreamed I held you in my arms. The music was never ending. We danced as the evening sky faded to black, one step up, two steps back. I love that idea of I get the message she's sending. Mm, She ain't looking too married. And me, well, honey, I'm pretending. Um, Very much the same tone of this family man. This saying that leave me alone, I'm a family man. But if you push me too far, I just might. And I think that often people like to play with fire, Mike. They like, oh, it doesn't hurt to flirt a little bit. Or Mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt to go to the bar and buy that uh, handsome person a beverage. Uh, And then sometimes, you know, all of a sudden you get there and the slippery slope has slipped and you've slipped, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've definitely slipped off the slope. Not not you, but you've in the – yes, not not, hello. You've been married almost 40 years. Yeah. You you ain't slipping anywhere. (laughs) Yes. Who else Uh, would put up with me, right? Sadly, I no longer have that person. Yes. Anyway, that's a whole other. Yeah. Anyway, but I'm re- like, so I've heard this song so many times recently, and obviously I listened to it in because I've, as we're recording this, the day that we're day, evening, night, whatever you want to say, the whole day before the recording session, I've been listening to this album on repeat from okay. track one to track eleven. So I could have these songs ingrained in my brain, yeah. and I hear the lyrics that they are saying. Okay, and I understand them, and I know what the song is about. Uh, she made it perfectly plain that she was his for a price. Easily, family man is about a guy who is potentially going to go with a prostitute. Or you know what you know whatever terminology you want to say, uh, sex worker. If you want to be, you know, twenty twenty two and and PC. But I've never actually looked 
at the words as I'm listening to this song, and I'm looking at them as we're talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, this is a song about a hooker. (laughs) And a guy who is potentially going to get, you know, enticed into all of that. And, yeah, you're right, that line. But if you push me too far, I just might. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I, I don't know any sex workers. Personally, I don't. However, would they, and this is more so if Mary Kay and Naomi, if you and your friend who was on your episode talking about this song, if y'all can let us know, please do. Would a sex worker actually push too far? Or, like, if if the guy is saying, no, leave me alone, I'm a family man, please leave me alone, would the sex worker still push it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. I don't know. Yeah. So, the line of, but if you push me too far, I just might, I'm just, and obviously this was written and, and sung and produced in the 80s and and all that, and everything was different back then. There was no internet, and everything was analog, and everything else. Well, obviously, digital was coming into being, but you know what I mean. Like, different times back then. Like, there were no cameras on every street. <laughs> you know what? Sorry, I've been watching Person of Interest recently, so... <laughs> I don't know, like, but I still like this song, and for it being the first song on side B, I think it's a good start to the side. I do too. I, I think it is too. I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Moving on to track seven of the album, Italian Girls. Tell me. I did the math on this at one point or another. I don't remember when it was, but I think it was like right before our original B-side episode of, this, of your Sit Lusting Bruce podcast. Yeah. And I can't find that math anywhere, but I believe in their popularity, John sang leads vocals on, I want to say something like 30 plus of their hits. Okay. Or 30 plus of their songs, at least most of the ones I've saw were, were, were the hits. And actually he is the only writer on this song. So this is definitely a John Oates song because I think I hear Daryl in the background in this. Like I don't Mm -hmm. hear like, this is not a front Daryl Hall fronted song. Uh, Yeah. I, you know, I, I said, this is their version of California girls. Yeah, pretty right? much. And and it it is a it's a fun pop song. It is a little tongue in cheek, a little bitty, you know, a little bit fun. I you know, there is I bet this would be a fun song to hear live. So I I I, I really like this one a lot. I think it's a really it's a it's a just it it isn't overly complicated and it's just a little, it's just, I keep saying the word fun, but that's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it is very, very fun. Yeah. And I need to look up pasta basta because I don't know if basta is an actual word. <laughs> so the line is uh, in between the first verse and the oh, t- but where are where oh, but where are. He says, I drink, I drink, I drink too much Vinaroso, no more Amarone. I eat, I eat, I eat so much pasta, basta, I'm so full and yet so lonely. And I'm like, what in the hell is, like, I grew up in Massachusetts, I should know this, but, okay, it's, all right. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it's real. I don't know what, still don't know what the hell it is, but it's real. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Track 8, Guessing Games. Once again, this is the sex album for Hollow Notes, I guess you could say. I mean, relationships, sex, whatever. And I like this track. I think it's good. I think it's fun. And I think it's basically, you know, saying, hey, look, don't. This is, again, one of those things where it's like, don't do all those nitpicky things. Don't make me go through those guessing games like tell me like not tell me what you want but because that's a whole other track on a whole different album but yeah uh you know what i mean like it's he's saying he as in whomever the male is saying to the female like don't mess with my heart kind of thing don't you know don't this isn't the olymp this was 1982 i'm sure there were olympics this year but I don't think they were summer. Yeah. No, they were. were, I don't remember. Anyway, what did you think of guessing games? You know, uh, yeah, you got to give me something to hold. This cute routine you got is wearing thin. So, baby, can you do it for yourself and for me? I don't want to lose you. I want us to win. You know, this is a – it's a fun pop song again. You know, it is Mm -hmm. a – it really has that upbeat me- melody, but yep. you know it, it is this. Let's not play games. Let's, you know. So there, and I think your point is well said. That this is a an album of a lot of songs about relationships and and uh, back and forth. So yeah, I I think this is a good one, and um, yeah. you know I enjoyed it. Yeah. And the 
not necessarily the jealous anger part, but the strange moods part. Mm-hmm. Like Karen and I always knew when we were each in like something was going on, but we couldn't fix it immediately. Like if I yeah. needed time or if she needed time or whatever it is, like, yeah, we, when he, when we always, when we needed space, we always gave each other space. But if it was something like, Oh, come, come help or come talk yeah. to me or come, the, obviously we would. And like you said, like, you know, we, you know, the man, the, the couple in the song, they, he wants them to both win. Yeah. So again, not a breakup song. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Going into track nine, delayed reaction. Forty years. This has been the final song for me because up until the time I've listened to this for this recording, because I had never, in the last forty years, really cared about the final two songs on this album. Oh, how funny! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, and that that's interesting. Um, yeah. Because again, the last two songs, at least. So again, going from this delayed reaction into at tension. Because as a kid, I always used to think it was at attention, but it isn't. It's at tension, is what it is. Right. And we'll talk about that song up next after this one. But as this song ends and that song begins, like, I'm expecting these, I, I guess I shouldn't be, but I'm expecting these high, upbeat transitions from like you can have a song fade out but the next song has to immediately take you into it it doesn't it should not pull you out of it and from where earlier in the album going from art of heartbreak into one-on-one pull, pulled me out going from the end of delayed reaction into at tension pulled me out so for the last 40 years i have never really listened to the final two songs so this Recording is the first time ever that I have acted like I have these these last two songs ingrained in my head now. So <laughs> that's that's funny. So you know, this once again is about um, you know the delayed reaction. This um, at first I was ashamed, then I was in flame. I wanted to hurt you, and once again, our couple are yeah. trying to figure out like when I talked earlier, I said, you know, one of the things you, are you fighting to win or are you fighting to come to a conclusion? And in this case, there's a lot of things about their fighting to, uh, you know, find their own way. And so, uh, so I think that's, you know, very, very um, interesting and, and to see what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the 
the male part because again this again th- this was the 80s folks yeah most most male written or whatever you want to say songs and this one was both yeah it was Hall Oates and and Sarah Allen so yeah there was a female voice on this song but it's written in the way I think it's the male telling us, the listener, the story. Yes. But I was I in control. There were so many things I should have said, but couldn't think of one word. It was, you know, delayed reaction. Oh, yeah. You know, and then I couldn't stand it having you around. I couldn't stand the sound. No. And then delayed reaction at first. I was, and then, you know, it goes into what you said earlier. Yeah. Ashamed and flamed. Right to the heart. And yeah, it's it's definitely again, you know, we were talking about breakups earlier and it's this I think is more of a physical thing. Yeah. I don't think he's abusing her. I don't think there's abuse going on because what he's telling us is that he's having del- like he's having all these thoughts of, you know, Where is it? Um, it was a backlash. No, I couldn't let it pass. Okay. So he's thinking about lashing out at her and that he can't let this pass. Right. But he eventually does because he has a delayed reaction on all these thoughts kind of thing. So, again, yes, this is more of a couple's fighting. I don't think there's a single breakup song on this album. I don't right. think no. I, I could do. Well, oh no, I, I technically am wrong because the the final track is sort of uh, go solo. It's yeah, not, it's not really a breakup song, but it kind I don't know it kind of is. But delayed reaction, I've always liked it. I can always listen to this song. So so yeah. All right, good. Any any final thoughts from you on delayed reaction? No, I am ready to at tension, not at attention. Yes. And I don't. This is basically the. I'm going to say this and I'm sorry. I, I, I do not, I try my best not to get political on podcasts, but I'm going to phrase this in a way that your listeners on your feed may okay. be like, Oh my God, who is that Mike Blanchard guy? No. Don't ever have him back again. Oh my God. He's the devil. This to me reads just looking at the lyrics. It reads like it's a Ronald Reagan song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And the reason why I say that is because as I'm looking at these lyrics and I, again, I never really paid attention to this song, but it's a, this is not a relationship song at all. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, I'm joining the army. Yeah. I'm, you know.
this has nothing to do with this is not a man and a woman. This is a guy talking about soldiers and um, going into the army and the fact that, you know, now how can such a little bullet drop a big soldier to his knees? But there's no warning, only waiting. When a strange love drops the bomb, all this fighting, it can't hurt you. It can hurt you. Like, that... <laughs> That to me sounds like it was written in about Vietnam. Yeah, I'm because it's the only war that I can think of. Like, I mean, we were nine years by by the time this album came out. It was what nine Vietnam ended in seventy three, right? So it was yeah, it was nine years after the Vietnam War. Yeah, and this was written by Oates. So I I listened to his autobiography, uh, Cha- uh, Change of Season, and I don't remember him saying anything about his family being in the military. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I'm I could be could be wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on this one? So I did not care for this song. Um, I don't like the distortion at the beginning. I, I just it doesn't work for me. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, then it slowly fades off. Um, I'm not quite sure the message they're wanting to say. I mean, mm-hmm. is this a, is this a pro military song? Is this a, uh, anti war song? Is this a, uh, a relationship is a war? I don't know. Um, once again, you know, my man, Bruce Springsteen, I got my finger on the trigger. And I don't know who to trust. When I look into your eyes, there's just devils and dust. I've got God on my side, and I'm just trying to survive. But what if you do to survive kills the things you love? Fear is a powerful thing, baby. It can turn your heart black you can trust. It'll take your God-filled soul and fill it with devils and dust. So this is a song about... Right, Devils and Dust is about yeah. you're you're a soldier, and what if you you know I, even though we've got God on our side, right? I'm just trying to survive, and what if fear is a powerful thing? It could turn your heart black. So, you know, if this is about, I, I just don't know. I'm standing at tension. It. Mm-hmm. I originally thought this may be about a relationship, that it's the idea, but it it doesn't have enough subtlety to it, nor enough lyrics that will make me think that this is is more than one meaning. So I, I I'm curious, do you do you have any feelings on this song? And and yeah, I mean I, go ahead. I always so I kind of like the beginning instrumental a little bit only as an instrumental though. Okay. Like if you like if you took if you ripped this out and made it a ringtone. Yeah. I probably wouldn't know what song it was cuz I've very rarely listened to this song but like I oh that's a cool ringtone what you know it would it would be a conversation thing. But as I was listening to this today I'm just like I, again I have all the respect in the world for our military and people yeah. who serve in the military. My uncle was, I believe he's retired now, but he was a Navy CB. Uh, he, he, you know, got as far as being a Navy CB in the, uh, you know, he served in, in 
go for and all that. Yeah. So I have all the respect in the world, but really, as I was listening to this one track today, I was just waiting for some sort of something coming whizzing by my head. Like literally, I felt like I don't. I have no reason to have PSD. I never served in the military. I, I couldn't. I four effed out. Right. But as I was listening to this song, I was transported into this story with this soldier in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, maybe he's talking to his drill sergeant or maybe he's talking to a superior because uh let's see where is it we keep on marching forward never never will retreat don't let the enemy inside you that's the beginning of defeat all good soldiers stand to arms all good soldiers try so hard to follow orders never asking why i'm standing at attention yeah you know uh, so ill at ease with you, afraid to make a move. Yeah, and that is like ill at ease with you. That sounds like something you would say to a future girl. Like, you know, that's like, you know, little geeky ass me in the 90s in middle school waiting for the girl I like. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Sure. But the rest of the song, I mean, it starts with him saying he'd like to join the army. So that to me is like, oh, this yeah. is about some person joining the army. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, it, it, it's not a song a- after tonight. It's probably a song of, of theirs that I, I don't dislike it. I just don't have any interest in it. Yeah. I, I think that's well said. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I looked through Oates's Wikipedia page and doesn't say anything about his dad being in, in military or anything like that. And for him personally, he went, he ended up going to temple and, and all that mm-hmm. and says nothing about him being in the military. So why he, out of the two of them wrote this song is beyond me. And thankfully Wikipedia is the one that, that, they didn't technically do the math, but they have the entire list of the songs in the Daryl Hall and John Oates career that he sang lead on. And it's roughly around 30 or so, just over 30. So I was yeah. right in, in the math. All right, folks, final track, track 11, Go Solo. So this is a this is a nice upbeat way to end the album. Yeah. Uh, you know, you say there's trouble in paradise. I'm only joking, but you better be right. Or whatever happens, there ain't no turning around. And if there ain't enough, ain't enough for you. Go solo. You can take the lead, play a new part. Go solo, solo. You know. So there's a lot of things to be said about this. In one way, I would what this is that with all the other songs about heartbreak and fighting and pushing things out, you know, the argument could be made that this is a song about find your own, you know, find your own happiness. You don't have to have someone with you to necessarily be successful or have a happy person. So, uh, you know, that's at least, I think one version of it. 
right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the flip side of that is it's also – so this wasn't at – I don't remember because I, I don't think it's ever really been listed. But I don't remember when Daryl Hall and Sarah Allen ended up breaking up. I know it was – I know they, they always say they were together for 30 years. Okay, right. fine, great. That's, that's awesome. That's amazing. Happy for you. Mm-hmm. But I think this is him, meaning Hall, her, meaning Sarah. I think this is him saying to her that if this isn't going to work, if if I'm not the person, you know, like it says, if that ain't enough, go solo. You yeah. can take the lead, play a brand new part, go get a new boy. Like, if what we had for the last 30 years is no longer enough for you than we, it's like you see on all the, like, Oh, we had like, you know, uh, insert celebrity couple here. We had an amicable split or e- even any regular couple. We had an, an, yeah. an amicable split. Like there's no divorce court. There's no, this, I mean, obviously there may or may not be a, but you know what I mean? Like there's no, Oh my God, fight over custody. Oh no, he's telling in this song, he is telling her if what I'm offering you isn't enough for you, then go ahead and take the lead with your life. Mm -hmm. Separate from what we had, go away from me, go on your own. Yeah, I guess again, I very like, I've only listened to this song like a thousand times today. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, first impressions, first, you know, 40 years later, not as a child, not having any attachments to this. I'm just reading into it what I am thinking of it. Like, yeah, absolutely. But you're right. It is it is a good final track to an album. Yeah, I uh, think so. Especially yeah, especially this album. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So after revisiting this, I think it's a good album. Yep. And I know we're about to do ratings, but I kind of what's your because as you you talked about, and I thought that's pretty interesting, because I'm the same way. I tend to I will I have to make a point sometimes of especially with Bruce instead of just doing a live show or a mix, you know, where I shuffle, I will put on an album and go, okay, let's listen to this, you know, from the beginning to the end. Usually I end up, oh well, I've got my five or six favorite songs on this album, skip, 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 okay, and go to the next one. So as someone who is a passionate Daryl <laughs> Hall and John Oates fan, revisiting, what's your thoughts? It's revisiting it as a whole. It's a good album. It just needs 
restructuring. Okay. <laughs> this album has five and six on side A, side B. So, so 11 tracks, I honestly think, and I'm sorry, John, I'm sorry, sir, but if you took... I'll just say it. If you took uh, you took out at you took out track ten at tension, and you moved one on one down to where at tension was, mm-hmm. I think that would be a better a better mix of the album because you have all these upbeaters on side A, and then you have Family Man, Italian Girls, Guessing Games, Delayed Reaction. Delayed Reaction is the last kind of really big, boombastic kind of song on the album. Then you have uh, One on One, and then you have Go Solo. So you remove tension altogether. So go again, Go Solo, I like it. I think it's cool. I think it's good. It's not as upbeat as all the other songs, but it's not as slow as At Tension and One on One. One on One was their hit. At Tension... I would love to know how many people actually remember this song because I remember the song. I just remember not listening to the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I listened to it once as a kid. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, put, put Maneater back on. <laughs> can yeah. we can we re- re- rewind this LP, please? Like, yeah. can we scratch all the way back to the beginning? <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's overall... I think it's a good package. It just needs a little remixing. Okay. Good. Good. I I, I like it. I um, so based on your and you sent me the universal rating system. It, 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 it yes, I call it a system. It's called scale on the website. Yes, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I would go three and a half out of five um, jaguars on a video. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I am basically three and a half out of five as well. Okay. Uh, And for those of you who are listening, the three and a half listing is good. Issues are certainly prevalent, but so are the successes. Typically, there is one specific area of extraordinary achievement, like Maneater and other tracks, or a multitude of quality moments that make the negative aspects relative. Again, like I said. It just needs a little remixing. Yeah. Remove one track and push one down. Ten tracks instead of eleven. So so yeah, three and a half out of five ain't ain't bad. Not at all. Not at all. Alright, folks. For us here at Geekcast Radio, we are gonna take a quick ad break. I need to have you record a set lusting Bruce ad. Maybe that'll be the first ad after this. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Oh, here she comes. Watch out, boy, she'll chew you up. Oh, here she comes. She's a mad eater. For over six years, my guests and I have been discussing the soundtracks to our lives. I'm Jesse Jackson, and I've had hundreds of fans from around the world share their stories about the power and magic of all kinds of music. If you enjoy stories about joy, redemption, trials, and ultimately triumph, then please check out Set Lusting Bruce, 
a Bruce Springsteen fan podcast. Remember, there is magic in the night. Hi, I'm Terry Smith, the host of Music Talks, the podcast where I ask guests a simple but beguiling question. Choose a song from each decade of your life and tell me why these songs mean so much to you. Guests and listeners love this format. And if you want to find out why, then take a listen at musictalkspod.buzzsprout.com or use your favorite podcast app. Just search on Music Talks Terry Smith. If you'd like to be a guest on the show and... Then send me a tweet at Music Talks Pod. I look forward to doing some music talking soon. We are back and set lusting Bruce. Oh boy. <laughs> so you have such a way with your guests. <laughs> it's just amazing to listen to. Well, thank you. That's I hope that is a compliment. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know I'm kind of laughing as I'm saying it, but at least I'm smiling. Yes. I'm not like scowling at you or anything. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I uh, appreciate you saying that. I do. Um, you know, it set Leslie Bruce is available wherever you find fine podcasts. Uh, it is basically me having conversations with not only Bruce Springsteen fans, but musical fans. I do. And I am very proud that Mike was my very first B side episode. I have had people talking, uh, the Bee Gees and, uh, you know, David Bowie, Leonard Cohen, uh, all kinds of musicians and books. And so we just love to have good conversations as we are recording this. It is September, uh, September 8th, 2015 was my very first set lusting Bruce episode. I am hitting over 900 episodes, which is a hell of a lot of boss talk. Uh, you can, yep. you can also hear me talk. Uh, I am on last best hope for conversation, which is a Babylon five podcast where we are going through, uh, every episode of Babylon five with, uh, myself and two newbies. They have never seen the series. And so we are going spoiler free discussing it one episode at a time. Uh, every other week I am on next stop everywhere. The doctor who podcast where me and Charles Skaggs goes through classic and, uh, modern Doctor Who, and finally, uh, the House of the Dragon, the new Game of Thrones series on HBO, uh, tuning into sci-fi TV, Small Council Matters. I am a member of that, and I am discussing the new Game of Thrones uh, prequel. Whew. <laughs> but he does a lot, folks. <laughs> he does almost more than I do when it comes to podcasting, and podcasting is my life. Yes. Like I have I have nothing else. And right before we recorded this episode, he's like, Yeah, I have 
one, two, three, three podcasts, and then we're recording with you. I'm like, oh my god, don't. Whatever you do, folks, don't try to be like TFU and Mike. Please yes, don't. Exactly it's, right. It, it, it's <laughs> trust me. I don't even want to be me sometimes. Like you know, it, it, but it is what it is, and. And yeah, Hall and Oates, 40th anniversary for H2O. I love the legacy of this album. I love a lot of the songs on this album, and I think it's great overall, even with the remix issues that I have. But I can easily make a playlist uh, about that. And it's funny, um, John's, I forget what John's last name was, but I don't know if you've ever heard of Records Revisited. No. Okay, it's a podcast. It's another music podcast. And one of their guests was and and they it's Ben and Wayne and they have guests on and they were talking about that 1984 classic album Born in the USA. Ah, okay. And they they did an episode about the album and their guest at the time, and I'm sorry John that I don't remember your last name, but John was saying to them, if you rearranged and did a few things to Born in the USA, it would sound a bit better. Mm-hmm. So I took this, because this is a crossover between your show and my show, yeah. I took this and I I did what, what John said to do. And <laughs> I labeled the playlist on Spotify, Born in the USA, the right way. Oh, <laughs> I will have to share this playlist with you. Please and do. I'm trying to. Born in the USA, the right way. Okay, so the way the track list goes in this playlist, it, Born in the USA, Cover Me, Darlington County, Working on the Highway, Downbound Train, I'm on Fire, Dancing in the Dark, No Surrender, Bobby Jean, I'm Going Down, Glory Days, and My Hometown. Okay, interesting. Now, what I recommend is there is um, – oh, I'm going to draw a blank. There. So, yeah, so basically – what did we move around? We moved around. Oh, that's what it is. We moved around. Yeah, they they moved around Dancing in the Dark from what the actual album. Yeah, Dancing in the Dark and Glory Days. They moved that around. I don't remember what they moved around. I just remember making the playlist off the recommendation. Mm-hmm. So, so there is a album that came out in 2014 called Dead Man's Town, a tribute to Springsteen's Born in the USA. Okay. Uh, and it is uh, Born in the USA by Jason Isbell, Cover Me by Apache Relay, Darling County, the Quarter City Nighthawks, Working on the Highway, Blitz and Trapper, Downborn Train, Joe Pug, I'm on Fire Low, No Surrender, Holly Williams, which is one of my very favorite uh, covers, Bobby Jean, Ryan Colwell, I'm Going Down, Trumpled by Turtles, Glory Days, Justin Towns Earl, Dancing in the Dark, Nicole Atkins, and My Hometown, North Mississippi All-Stars. These are all independent Americana artists, and they did a version of the album. It, It is very much worth listening to. It is a very, it is a Americana take on this classic. And so uh, I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it a lot. Very if cool. you like Americana. 
Well, I mean, we like brews, don't we? Yeah, we do. Absolutely. (laughs) So uh, I will definitely look out that podcast. I will check out your playlist. That sounds wonderful. And just thank you so much for your continued support and your friendship and hanging out with me every once in a while. I, I always have a blast when we talk. Absolutely, absolutely. And coming up, folks, not on, on GeekCast Radio here, but on one of my other shows uh, later on in either September or October, Jesse will be back with conversations we've already recorded over on the pull bag. We're going to be talking about Tom Zoller's long distance and warning label. So that'll be coming up as well. Here on GeekCast Radio, we have got... <laughs> Oh boy, I I didn't actually plan it this way, but this is the way it's happening. Next episode, Terry Smith returns to talk about Blackstone Cherries live from the Royal Albert Hall, y'all. Oh, perfect. And Terry has told me that Blackstone Cherry really isn't his thing, but because it's me, he's willing to put up with it. (laughs) That'll be fun. That'll be really fun. Yeah, I, I've I've had fun with Terry, and I've I've actually used Blackstone Cherry, and I've applied them to his format. Uh, Blackstone Cherry is a band that's been around for twenty plus years since two thousand one now, so they don't really have they, they don't fit into his format. But I've taken songs that I feel like sound like they should be in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and all that. So. Yeah, I've 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 taken Terry's format and and I've as he says I've blancharded it plenty of times. I'm actually trying to convince him, and it was funny because I was doing the research for this episode of of our crossover here to figure this out. Even though the I don't want to say mini cassette, but let's say audio cassette was kind of like you know really perfected in like even though the cassette itself started in in 1962 the perfection of the technology kind of happened throughout the seventies and obviously into the eighties. I was trying to figure out that balance between the decades of when the switchover from LP to cassette was. And obviously when the switchover, cause I'm trying to get Terry to do an episode of music talks where we talk about the decades of music technology of how we've consumed from L- from LP to cassette to CD to streaming services and all of that. And, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to convince him of that. <laughs> okay, that would be interesting. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> See, look, Terry, an endorsement. There we go. <laughs> For now, I am TFG and Mike with... Jesse Jackson from Set Lusting Bruce. And we're going to close out with... A line from Bruce and a line from Daryl Hall, because they were both in something very great in 1985. Unleash the music geek in you, and we will catch you next time. Bye. We are the world. We are the children. Do we make a better day? Just you and me.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.